Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, it's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM. It's 3.08 here, station in Pittston. It's hot out. Let's see what the temperature's saying here for us. 92 degrees, uh, maybe some rain showers, maybe not. Um, but it's hot outside. Sun is blazing. You know, there's some clouds up, and with this heat, you know, there's always the chance of those uh, rain pop-up showers uh, here and there. And if you're here, you're getting it. And if you're there, maybe you're not. That's just the way it is. Uh, on a serious note, before I get, even get started with today's show, I saw two uh, what we call bolos be on the lookout for. One from the Wilkes-Barre City Police Department and one from the Scranton City Police Department. And they're both missing and endangered persons. Uh, I take these very seriously. If you follow me on my social media, Rob O'Donnell on Facebook, I shared both the Wilkes-Barre City Police and the Scranton Police notifications. They have pictures. They have everything there. I just checked. It doesn't appear to be an update that the persons were found. But in Wilkes-Barre, City Police are seeking information regarding the location of the following person. Honesty Powell, age 17, height 5'4", weight 170 pounds, hair black, eyes brown, last seen wearing a white shirt, white shorts, and orange and black backpack. If you know the location of this person, please contact Detective McGrath at 570-208-6699. Again, there's two pictures of the individual there. So, uh, And again, I haven't seen any update that the the person's been found. Usually they update their social media. Um, Scranton police, uh, actually, I do have an update there that the the missing person there has been located. So uh, disregard the missing person in Scranton. And if you look on my Facebook page, uh, the Scranton police did update their post. Uh, it's, it's, It's a good idea when they do those things. To update the original post right at the top so people can see it's been shared for, you know, a few hours now. And, uh, you know, we, we take those things seriously. Um, and, again, you can see see the, the original notifications with the updates on my Facebook page, Rob O'Donnell. But anytime I see them, especially in our local listening area, I try to share them. I put them out there, and, and you should as well, because you never know who sees your post, who's driving down the street later that day or walking down the street or on a bus or whatever they're doing, sitting in their office looking out the window, and here comes the person walking by. Having done this for a living, you know, I've seen time and time again how uh, it's that simple. You know, someone listening to that station, listening to the radio, or, you know, searching their social media during their break at the office, and they look out the window, and there's the person, you know, crossing the street. They call right away, or you go out and try and get the person to keep them in the area, and uh, let law enforcement know. And it's one of the one of the positives of social media, you know, with all the negatives there is, and believe me, there are plenty of negatives with social media. I believe it's as, as great as it's been. It's really been a downfall of civilization, especially in, in America here and, and elsewhere. But it's amazing how, you know, these supercomputers at our fingertips, these cell phones we walk around with, I mean, they're literally supercomputers in our fingertips. And we're more isolated now than we've ever been. And it's It's sad. And we really have to work. It, it is an addiction. It's no doubt an addiction. It's one I have. I have the the discussion with my family all the time. You know, I'm trying to, to balance keeping ke- being kept updated on things that are going on, breaking news, what's happening, story updates, different points of view. And, and it becomes consuming. It does become time-consuming, just like you know, your job. If depending on whatever whatever work you do, 
you can become too consumed in that to where it starts to affect your personal life. And I need to do a better job in disconnecting from that. I've tried to on weekends. I'm doing a lot better on my weekends. Normally when I, when I hang up the show on Fridays at 6 o'clock, I kind of decompress from news and media unless it's something severely breaking until hopefully Sunday night or even Monday morning I've been trying to do that. And I need to get better at that. You know, I try to keep up the speed as, as much as I can to so I can have, you know, intelligent discussions with you guys, you know, so I can voice an educated opinion on the things that, that, I, uh, that I read about, that we discuss here at the station, that you bring up, topics you guys bring up and want to talk about. So uh, it's a balancing act, and I see it, but, you know, anytime you see uh, one of those bolos, be on the lookout for um, from your local police department, make sure you put it out there. There seems to be a lot of people in the world testing us in America lately. And not just testing us, but testing our response to things. You have Iran, who's uh, you know trying to find out the line America will draw in the Strait of Hormuz. They've been trying to seize foreign-flagged oil tankers using their military power, using their thug tactics their swarming naval tactics that they use there in the Strait of Hormuz, which is mandated a response from uh, Navy assets, including Arleigh Burke-class destroyers and our aviation assets there, be it our, you know, Seahawk 60 helicopters that can easily be uh, converted to gunships. And, uh, you know, our, our ships that are, are providing safe, safe passage through the Strait of Hormuz. And if this continues, this will no doubt create the possibility for a conflict. You know, somebody does the wrong thing at the wrong time and, and there could be a bigger issue. Or just the, the matter of fact that that thoroughfare, the Strait of Hormuz, is used so much will start affecting the price of oil, will start affecting the price of transported goods because uh, people don't want to deal with a rogue foreign nation like Iran trying to seize their vessels, you know, billion-dollar assets. And, and not, that's not even including the, the material that's on board, be it oil, be it goods, be it vehicles, be it whatever it is. You know, for that area, it's mostly, you know, oil, fuel, and such like that. But then you also have Russia... Russian jets over Syria harassing our drones again, where we are still battling the war on terror, be it by drones at this point, you know, picking out leaders and heads of ISIS. And Russia is interfering with that. Russia, we have signed agreements with the Russian government that we operate in certain areas for the war on terror. And now you have Russian fifth generation aircraft shooting flares with parachutes in front of our drones, making our drones take evasive action. You, know, you had the Russian jet clip one of our drones that crashed in the, the sea you know, not too long ago, not too many weeks ago we talked about. And you had a, a Russian fifth-generation fighter get in front of one of our drones and hit its afterburners that sent it you know, in an out-of-control flight. And thankfully the drone operator, be it wherever they operate from, was able to gain control. But you know, we're being tested on many fronts, and it seems to be happening more and more. And it's going to lead to something, something uh, troubling. It's going to lead to conflict where American lives are eventually in danger. 
I mean, in response to the Russian jets over Syria, we've already dispatched F-22 Raptor fighters. These are men. These have pilots in them. So you have American lives at risk facing a Russian challenge from some of their most sophisticated aircraft. This is going to be the next battleground. We are going to see it. We are going to see it with China. We are going to see it with Russia. We're seeing it with Iran, although you know they don't have the advancements that a lot of places have, but they, they can cause issues, especially in a narrow strait like Hormuz, especially where we have our vessels that transit there often and their assets. We've seen years ago when the Iranian Republican Guard took one of our patrol boats with, uh, you know, about a half dozen or eight uh, Navy sailors on it. And it was an embarrassment for our nation. It was an embarrassment for the Navy. It was an embarrassment for that crew. And and I know firsthand that, that that's used as a training point for this. But when you're put in a situation where you don't know if you have the full backing of your government, the full backing of your chain of command, what options do you have? And there really needs to be that clear line, that clear, concise message from the White House down that there is zero tolerance when it comes to this. There will be actions if something like this happens. We will not put our hands up and surrender. We will not allow your assets to confront our assets without recourse. And uh, we really need to start taking that seriously because this is the next chapter in, in American war, it is going to be these types of skirmishes. It's going to be China testing us, you know, on a one-on-one basis, in the air, at sea. Not major battles, not things that they know no one wants to cross a line to. Things that we can pull back from. But every senior member of our military... Every senior analyst, any, every senior intel person is saying, point blank, we are going to have military actions with a Russia, with a China, with an Iran, with a North Korea in the next two to three years. And they've been saying this for a year or two, so are we a year away from that? Are we six months away from that? Is Iran really going to try and say, hey, you know, we're going to try something here? Is something like a China going to push an Iran to do something to say, hey, we'll increase our business relations if you ch- t- test America in the Strait of Hormuz because we want to see how they'll really react in the Taiwan Strait. These are very real issues. As Americans, we deal with, you know, as, as a parent of someone with active duty military, and I know there's a lot of you out there, as patriots out there who have served in our military, you know firsthand what I'm talking about. You know the very real danger that the wrong person at the wrong time creates a very bad situation and we've seen it time and time again and we've become lax we've become lackadaisical in how we react to these things how we instruct our members of our military from the lowest e1 up into your e9 and and senior officers do they have a clear and concise message do they have clear and concise rules of engagement Because unless we're sending them out there with exactly that, these situations can get very bad very quickly. And it frightens me. It frightens me as an American. It frightens me as someone who's seen terror firsthand. 
And it frightens me as a parent of active duty military members, and it should for all of us. If you have someone serving or not, those around you are serving. There's someone in your community that's serving. There's someone in your community whose children are serving. And we really need to ensure that our administrations, regardless of who they are, regardless of their partisan politics, that abroad our foreign policy and military strength is unwavered. And we truly need to send that message now more than ever. It's 321 here at WILK News Radio. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show after this. You were at the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio. It's 324 here on this Thursday, July 6th. It's time for Rob's Rundown. These are things that are happening in the news, they're headlines that are around us. We're really not going to get into them. Uh, in depth during the show, but uh, they're happening around us, so we should be aware of what's going on. Scranton holds halts building billing for structure fire responses. A North Pocono thief admits his role in a burglary ring. Luzerne County Election Board to review wording of a ballot referendum. The Lackawanna County solicitor is sworn in as judge. A chicken franchise in Wilkes-Barre fined for firing an LGBTQ employee. A man fleeing eviction falls from a window to his death. Journey co-founder George Tinkner, dead at 76. Guitar player for the original Journey and founder of the band. Missing Biden corruption witness releases video from an undisclosed location. Says the very people he uh, reported the corruption to are the ones who are seeking him now. And the Wagner CEO is somewhere in Russia, but the whereabouts and condition is unknown. Is he gone by the way of uh, Putin's enemies? Is he being tortured? Is he being questioned? Or is he just in hiding? Um, No one really seems to know, but uh, the president of Belarus said that he is somewhere back in Russia and uh, is unaccounted for at this time. And that's it for Rob's Rundown on this Thursday, July 6th, 2023. Um, I got a text message, uh, less social media and more bourbon. Uh, I hear you. I, I'll try. And, and I know I missed the Whiskey Wednesday yesterday. You know, I've been trying to bounce back and forth to it. But th- this weekend being it was the 4th of July weekend, the 247th birthday of our great nation, I did get into some Evan Williams 1783. Um, it's like a step between their single barrel and their regular Evan Williams. It's a small batch. I think it's between 8 and 10 years old is what the, the they're saying it is. And it's from uh, Evan Williams is the oldest Kentucky distillery in America. So, you know, to celebrate that, I like Evan Williams products. I, I like their, the way they do things. Uh, and, I, and I have it often, but I, I got into the 1783. So if, if you're around, it's, it's not expensive. It's, it's inexpensive to get. So if you're looking for a good bourbon to try out, you know, give it a shot. Evan Williams 1783 was my pick for, for this day, uh, for this past weekend. That, that's what I had. Um, I'm just checking some things here. Let's go to the phones now. We have uh, 
Andrew from Stanhope, New Jersey, on energy. Andrew. Yes, I wanted to link it to what you were talking about, war and national security, that both your current governor, previous governor, Democrats, like the lady that's on in the morning show, but all Democrats that across the country, they put our nation more at risk because we're not energy independent as we were under Trump because for environmental reasons, but ironically, natural gas, which is in Pennsylvania and New York State, is extremely clean burning and more friendly to the environment than oil. So they, they want to drag their feet or block that. Then we rely on nations in the Middle East that are unstable. An example, even in the 1980s, we were good connection, good friends with Saddam Hussein before it turned. And we gave him mustard gas that he used on his own people. So we're dealing with these unstable regimes that are often like, um, you know, theocratic dictatorships. So we should have energy independence and American jobs and tax revenue. And that's one element. That's one way to keep us safer. And energy independence absolutely does. And the mere fact that we've we've eviscerated our strategic oil reserves is is even scarier because uh, they're at a point at the lowest they've been in history. You're right. Biden used it to bring the prices down. Yep, artificially. And it was <laughs> the amount was really negligible because it was like a day and a half's worth of oil <laughs> that was released, again, at the, at the cost of national security. Andrew, I appreciate you reaching out. Thanks. Thank you. Have a great day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's true. You know, our energy independence, and re- again, it's a bipartisan issue. We, we need energy independence. We need uh, our strategic reserves and our military, to, to, for our military to function independently of any crises that goes on in the world and supply chain issues or people who look to just cut us off. Uh, and believe me, that that's out there. And I, I think if you look at the strip mining that goes on for these these battery minerals that, that we are in desperate need of in other parts of the world anyway, and you look at natural gas and the clean burning coal and the the even the fracking, you know, there was all this, this evidence about fracking. But if you look at the strip mining done to get your lithium, to get your cobalt, to get the things needed for these batteries, it, it's much more invasive than, than the things we have right here. In, in Pennsylvania, and we should be flourishing our communities and our Commonwealth with those uh, with those resources that we have right here in our backyard. It's three thirty one here at WILK. It's time for the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's three thirty five, ninety two degrees, and sunny outside. It's a hot one. Make sure you got that AC cranking. Um, for all my for all the listeners out there, all my friends that are uh, that were taking 81 yesterday, did anyone else see the A-Team van driving south on 81? Um, probably right about Montage exit area, maybe between there and Avoca, the airport. I'm driving to work yesterday. I, f- I forgot to talk about it yesterday. I was driving to work yesterday, and I'm coming up on this van, and it was a black van, and it had the red fin on the back, and I'm like, oh, the, f- the van looks real familiar. Look at this. So it looks like the A-Team van. And as I get closer, you can see the red stripe diagonally down the side. And I'm like, this is the A-Team van. And as I'm getting closer, it's got carbon fiber graphics on the side of it with the red stripe down the side. And I'm looking, there's bullet holes in it. 
And I'm like, well, this really is the A-Team van. I'm like, what's going on between uh, Scranton and Wilkes-Barre today? Uh, something's about to go down. And then as I get closer, in the driver's window, there was uh, a screen print of Mr. T, B.A. Baracus, driving the van. So it was was no doubt the A-Team van, that uh, GMC Vandura from back in the times. And, and it was a GMC Vandura. It was the, the exact guy. I don't think it, it was the, the A-Team van, but it was made to look like the A-Team van. But the mere fact it had the carbon fiber black uh, graphics on it where, where the, the van was black, that stripe down the side, it had bullet hole stickers you know, across the side. And you know, if you follow me on social media again, Rob O'Donnell on Facebook, I, I put pictures of it. I took pictures while I was uh, you know, driving next to it. And uh, first time I've seen it, and I've seen a, a bunch of movie cars driving. I saw the General Lee in Connecticut on 84 one day. I saw the Starsky and Hutch car somewhere in New Jersey. I forget where I where I was in New Jersey. I think I was on 80. And now the, the A-Team van. A uh, texter just texted in, Rob, that van's a local guy who goes to car shows with it. You know, I, I figured as much, um, and it was it was good to see. It was it brought back some memories for me. I used to watch the A-Team as a kid. I, you know, I liked the show. I liked the movie when it came out. Again, and it was, uh, you know, iconic for our generation, if you liked it or not. It was better than than some of the other stuff that were on out there. But, uh, yeah, it's, obviously it's around time and time again. You know, I just got a texter in saying that it's a local guy that goes to car shows. So, you know, if if you've seen it, text in or call in 570-883-0098. But I posted some pictures of it. It was good to see on, on our roads. But I said, uh, you know, I don't know what's going on between Scranton and Wilkesbury, but something's about to go down if the A-team's coming into town. Uh, our senator, Bob Casey, lands his best fundraising quarter ever recently. Um, he beat his best quarter by $1.2 million. The campaign is reporting nearly $6 million in its bank account. The cash could prove crucial ensuring Casey... Uh, has the resources to successfully navigate a campaign, one of the nation's most politically competitive states. And that's us. And we really need to pay attention to that. But Democratic Senator Bob Casey raised more than $4 million in the last three months. $4 million in the last three months for Senator Bob Casey. So, so they're expecting a battle. They, they are filling up his coffers to keep that seat. And it's a seat that they need desperately, and I don't see, I don't see a viable candidate on the GOP side really giving that a run for its money in 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 the Commonwealth. It's going to have to be someone that transcends both sides of the aisle. It's going to have to be someone who can point out Bob Casey's record as a senator for Pennsylvania specifically, specific things he's done. And I'm not talking about these agreements where they come home with $12 million for this and $6 million for this project and this project over here. That's our money. They are bringing our money back to us like they are a gift giver. And I understand you need to be part of the conversation in there, but this is much bigger than them. And if you look at the the year-to-year, the Senate term and, and the the legislation that he's developed, the legislation that he himself has authored, I'm not talking about co-sponsoring, that's easy. Co-sponsoring is the equivalent to answering an email. Would you like to be a part of this 
Yes. That's as simple as a co-sponsor. Now, obviously, you agree with what's being written somewhat or just want to be part of the crowd or make, you know, if, if be part of that team for that piece of legislation. But I'm talking about things you and your staff authored to better the people of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. I really stress you to look at Bob Casey's record in doing that. And it's not very impressive. It's, it's not. And I have nothing against Bob Casey personally. I think he's a very nice guy. These are issues that I want brought up for the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, for our country. Things that you should be doing and putting pen to paper to back up the things you say. And that could be as much as anything. It could be things I disagree with. But put your name on it and put yourself out there and not just be one of the guys that go along with things. And I think Pennsylvania needs more of the people who go along with things. Because we have a lot of that now. You have Bob Casey. You have Fetterman, who's basically being told what to say by whoever he's being told by. You know, you have our representatives in the area who, who are just, you know, party regulars. And we need people start thinking out of the box. We need people who are thinking for themselves that are looking out for their neighbors, for the people around them. You and me. That's who we need. And I don't care what party you're from. If you're a Democrat, if you're an independent, if you're a Republican, and you show me you are looking out for everyone around us, your neighbors, the people that live like us here in Northeast Pennsylvania, I can support you. But you have to show that to me first. You have to prove that to me first, that you're going to have the guts and fortitude to go out there and fight for the people of Northeast Pennsylvania. It's uh, 342 here at WILK News Radio. We'll be back. You with Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio. It's 346, 92 degrees and sunny outside. Um, you know, speaking of the the cocaine that's been found at the White House, uh, it being found is seems to be subject to change. And something I don't get, people, friends of mine, former Secret Service agents can't get their hands around it. But the locations of where it's been reported as being found has morphed uh, at least three times now. There were initial reports that it was found in a library. Then they were saying it was found in a lobby. And now they're saying it was found in a cubby near a checkpoint. So it's kind of morphed time and time again. And, and I, I explained a little bit yesterday. And let me, let me talk straight now. I do not believe this cocaine is Hunter Biden's. The the first family is not at the White House. They were not there. It was a clean sweep before this incident, and then the incident happened. Now, let me be blunt there. There is no way the Secret Service will not find out who this— for them to say, we may never know who did this, they, they can—their th- cameras in that facility are tremendous. They have surveillance of every inch of the inside and outside of that building. But for the most secure building in the world, allegedly, for the location that it was said to be found in changing three times, and like I said, I said yesterday that the library could be a miscommunication from the fire department hazmat team that responded because their handheld device that tests for hazardous material has an onboard library. So... When that tech said cocaine found in the library, he could have been talking about that. 
Now, that's a stretch, but it is a possibility. So I, I want to lay that out there. But the lobby by the checkpoint, they're, they're kind of near each other, but not near each other from what I'm being told. Um, it's, it's interesting that because, and again, my opinion, I do not think this is Hunter Biden's, why wouldn't they want to be more specific? Why wouldn't they want to be more upfront and say, yeah, this is actually absolutely zero tolerance for this. We're going to find out who it is within 24 hours and put out the information there and not these basically wishy-washy stories we're getting. A press secretary who's babbling and fumbling her way through questions on this, knowing there's going to be questions. Yes, the first family left, including Hunter Biden, at this time. There was a sweep of this area at this time after they left. There was nothing found, nothing there. It was a clean sweep. At this time, there was a sweep, and this was found. These are the amount of visitors that came in during that time. We're checking all our assets, and we're doing it. Now, I do understand that the, the Secret Service does not want to publicize their capabilities of surveillance, but they're really not coming off very good here. And they need to do better when it comes to that. It's uh, coming on 3.50 here, time for the Bloomberg Money Minute. Max, I'll get to you as soon as we get back from the break. It's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 5.53, 92 degrees in, just hot outside. So make sure you're wearing your sunscreen. Make sure you're staying cool in the AC if you can. We were talking about the drugs found at the White House and how the location of such has morphed a couple of times. And they're really fumbling around the uh, the issues of... Uh, of the case, you know, the, the press secretary has kind of fumbled a couple of times. There's been other questions about it, and they're kind of not, not being 100% up front. And again, I don't think this had anything to do with Hunter Biden. I, I think it's something there. It obviously came in through, you know, a staff and visitor's entrance, which is uh, a lot of employees. A lot of people can give tours there. If you're an employee of the White House, you can bring people after hours to show them around. They can't bring their cell phone on. But just the mere fact that the one of the, what should be the most secure building in the world is uh, – it's changed the story on at least three times on the specifics of where exactly this was found is just creating these conspiracy theories. It's just creating this, this aura of uh, incompetence when it comes to, you know, both the administration's narrative of this and the handling of it. Let's go to the phones. Now we have a uh, Max from Dixon city on the <laughs> cocaine in the white house, Max. It's ridiculous. And I'm going to say, it. okay, it's like a casino. There's only two places that they don't have cameras, and that's in the bathrooms and the hotel rooms. So you're going to tell me this White House isn't equipped with the finest camera work on the face of the earth. Okay, this is, listen, our country was dueling with Russia, well, with the Soviet Union, the KGB, and the CIA. And you had some, some crazy technology then. You're telling me that this White House doesn't have cameras that could detect uh, on, a, on a notice, on a drop of a dime, you know, where that came from, whose pocket it came from. Uh, I'm calling shenanigans. I'm calling this is just a distraction. All right. And the question, it's, it's, the question, Max, is, is, is I, I really look at looking at the information that I've seen and speaking to the people I've spoken to. I don't believe this has anything to do with Hunter Biden. But if it doesn't, who else are they protecting? What staffer, what guest of a staffer are they protecting to this extent to, to where everyone's making a punchline joke about Hunter Biden because they're refusing to actually hold whoever it really was accountable? 
that could be that could be possible. But why even bring it to light? Why even you know it's cocaine? All right, there's a lot of worse things out there. Okay, there was a guy like for instance. I mean, this is every day. You have bigger stories. You have a guy in Philadelphia. All right, he was quoted as saying, I wanted to clean up my neighborhood because the cops aren't doing anything, the people are terrible. And because it's kind of like, you know, Charlie Bronson, except in the ghetto, all right, he went out and he took out the trash. That's what he said. He shot these people because they're bad people and uh, he wanted to clean up his neighborhood. So that went on, I guess, on Monday. I didn't even see it on the news because obviously the media, they didn't want to put this guy's face, you know, publicly because it goes against what the, uh, the, the left you know, wants to promote in this country. All yeah, right. He what, was as far as uh, the cocaine. I'm sorry, yeah. Max. As far as the cocaine in the White House, what people don't understand is, is if you were found with with that same amount of cocaine in Lafayette Park across the street by the D.C. Metro Police Department, you'd get a ticket. I mean, that, that's that's the reality of where cocaine is now in societies, especially in cities like a D.C., Philadelphia, New York, you know, uh, um, San Diego. You know, I I had a, a breaking and entering case where someone broke into a the car, the vehicle of a of a naval officer, and stole their class ring, their Naval Academy ring. Now it wasn't a family member, but I had some connections out there through the persons, and I, I asked the police, you know, if they could look into this. And the person was arrested for heroin and let go. And I'm like, well, isn't he in the system because he was arrested for heroin? They're like, no, it's a ticket. And that's where a lot of our cities have digressed to. And they ask, well, you know, why do they have these zombie lands in these cities? Well, it's because heroin's a ticket because cocaine's a ticket now. Uh, so, so. You know, it's not the fact that it was even cocaine found. It was where it was found. And the mere fact that, you know, it's changed. Just simple things have changed locations three times. It was found in a library. No, it was found in the lobby. No, it was found in a cubby in a checkpoint. Um, It's it's comical. And, you know, uh, cocaine's a rich man's drug. Let's just put it out there. And, uh, you know, it's this is a popcorn fart is what it is. When you have a guy in Philadelphia you know, shooting five people and and injuring 30 others. And his profile was the same as that shooter in the school that they didn't want to publicize. It was the same thing. Okay. His, his race and his uh, gender, you know, what, what he goes by, it flies in the face of what the Democrats want to, they want to promote, you know, that diversity. And when it, when it has a negative effect, like you have a mass shooter. Okay. He wasn't a white guy. He wasn't a conservative. If it were, if it were, we would be reading about it. We'd be seeing it every five minutes on the updates. Well, okay? and that's where they downplay the day. They downplay all that. It's a gun problem again. And you have Ken, the, the DA and the mayor of there. And I'm going to talk about this more at the four four twenty hour because you know some statements made by other city officials down there are just outrageous. Rather than take this as a whole for what it was, a violent act that targeted innocent people, you know they want to pick and choose and make this now a defense of the LGBTQ community down there when when again, let's just call it for what it is. And yeah, and I have no problem with the community. You know, I have friends, you know, that traverse into that area and you know, of all races and gender. It's not about that. What it is about is publicizing and politicizing race and gender for what the left has done to this country. They divided the the country, and it started with Obama. It's this diversity, this whole thing started with Obama, carried over with Oprah Winfrey and all these elites in America. And uh, this this was not a grassroots beginning. All right, Max, we're going to have to wrap it up there, Max, because I'm up against a hard break. All right, it was this was, you know, coming from on high. All right. All right. It's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News.